Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Karen Fields is an artist from Aotearoa, New Zealand and resident in Melbourne. Last year, she released the magnificent album Water and its latest single is Until You. And we're going to talk about the album and the single. Hi, Karen. Kia ora. <laughs> Kia ora. I should have said that as well. Um, now I'm going to get straight into Water. It is such a beautiful album and uh, I think repeated listening really bears fruit with, with Water because 10 listens in, there are still so many things to discover about it. But it was created in the wake of Heartbreak, yet it is actually a really joyous album. And I'm wondering if that joy emerged while you were writing it or if you wanted to write yourself into joy, if that makes sense. Oh, I'm generally a joyful person, but I'm also a deeply, um, you know, heartaching person. So I can access those parts of me um, dramatically, you know. Um, I don't think I had to intentionally find joy to be the like antidote to the to the pain. I think that's just who I am, and it comes out in the record. You know, you can visit these dark places, but then also sprinkle some joy, you know, where it's needed. <laughs> yeah, and there is a lot of joy in the album, as I said. But there is also heartbreak, but it's uh, it's done in a very authentic way. By which I mean, it doesn't ever feel like you're manipulating it for the listener. <laughs> Mm, I like that. Well, it was really, it was really heartbreaking what I went through, you know, so there's no lying there. (laughs) And I was reading that you said you, you know, you went to the Great Ocean Road basically after the heartbreak. And I'm wondering if that's where the songwriting started or if you did a bit when you went back to Aotearoa in 2020 during the pandemic. No, it was written and recorded by t- the very end of 2019. So we were lucky. Oh, okay. we, we captured it here um, on Eastern Mar Country overlooking the Great Ocean Road at the end of 2019. So um, the writing actually happened. Some of it did happen in New Zealand because like, I travelled frivolously between both beautiful homes, you know, pre-pandemic. <laughs> like just, um, <laughs> So it was written across both my home countries. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a beautiful, a a beautiful process as well, because, you know, I'm touring and traveling and, and, you know, and also heartbreak and also this and that, but I guess the Great Ocean Road was that first point, that first place you go, that first sort of moment of shock where you just need to like stare at the waves for a bit and go, (laughs) oh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Yes, I'm, I'm putting my heartbreak in this epic landscape and seeing what comes of it, I think, is part of it. <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, that was the start of it and the, and the completion of it as well, you know, as yeah, an option right. that's we recorded it. So. Now, you did mention travelling, and I also understand that you did a bit of travel in Canada, um, and a lot of your travel has involved a camper van. So <laughs> you clearly like to be on the road. I love being on the road. I love, love, love being on the road. I've just been obsessed with vans since I was a teenager. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, as soon as I can get a van, like, I've got to get my license and then I've got to get a van. Yeah. <laughs> so was that, did you have that wanderlust uh, from teenage years or was it from even earlier as a child? 
Uh, I think teenage years was when I sort of respected it and recognized it. But my grandparents um, are frequent caravanners. And I mean, not just for joyous holidays, like actually living on the road. And my mom lives in a caravan with her wife by the sea. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I come from a family of, you know, travelers and those that kind of, you know, explore well, explore life on the road. Um, so inspired by that, I guess, but mainly because I knew that music and a life on the road, the world was out there. I grew up in a small town, you know, no one leaves town. And um, I also, you know, was navigating some really interesting illnesses in my teenage years. So the concept of freedom and getting out and something that could take me from this place to the world was like, right, it's got to be a van. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for practical purposes, one needs to yeah. live as well as travel. <laughs> well, they can be fun, you know, they're yeah. the quirks. <laughs> and you mentioned that you have two homes, Australia and New Zealand. Does you Do you feel that, that being on the road, uh, it helps to have that sense of home so that if you do need to return to something, it's there? Absolutely. I'm so lucky. My dad and family still live in my hometown and I have, you know, little ones growing up there, nieces and nephews. And I always feel like I have my hometown. So that's my first point of call. That's like, you know, my my whakapapa, my heritage, where I'm from and, and who I am. And then I have this wonderful home and community and in, in, in here in Australia um, that from a musical perspective and from an understanding and that camaraderie and the traveling and the touring and the artistry exists here. So I have this glorious base to come back to. And, you know, that's just, uh, I just feel so privileged and I really am. Um, I'm really lucky. Mm. And even your song Queenie, which is on water, there is a line saying, I'm a queen of the road, which we've established is true. But there's also the next line, I need earth, I need air. And there is so much on the album that is about the natural world. So have you always felt connected to it because you connected to the the road, obviously, but it's a separate relationship with the natural world, I think. Yeah, it is a separate relationship. They do have a connection because you're going out to see the world and be amongst it. But in terms of from a planetary perspective, the car doesn't obviously fit with, you know, the middle of the bush and keeping it safe and sound. But, um, yeah, I'm, I have a very... Um, elemental connection and a very intentional connection to country and culture and my my culture and my country where I'm from and and that kind of respect and growing up around the elements like close to earth air fire where you know like you've, you've got a real sense of um how you exist as a human with those elements as well you're closer to them you know so when it came to creating um a record the I guess like the elements started to speak for themselves. They just started to come through and say, this is the story I'm telling and this is my truth and this is what I'm really connected to. And when I tell stories, I do it in an elemental way. Mm-hmm. And the album was recorded um, overlooking the ocean, uh, which I imagine might have lent itself to the title, but also just over three days over a full moon. And, of course, that is the scope of the full moon, you know, waxing and waning. Uh, was that um, – <laughs> did you – intend to do that like did you think right full moon three days we're going to get it out or it just happened that way oh that is such a good question it happened that way and it's interesting because I always have my eye on the moon and um I knew it was a full moon but I didn't know that Neil Young often or always exclusively records under a full moon and of course I reference him in Atlantis and his song Mm. and so I knew that the moon was there and the magical was was around but I guess like that intentional recording 
Yeah, I don't know, that kind of extra little connection when Josh said that, uh, you know, just sort of randomly in one of the days, I was like, oh, yeah, like Neil Young does this. And I was like, oh, that is cool. Like that just <laughs> took it to a whole nother sort of magical realm. But, yeah, that was very intentional. Um, you know, three days, move in, make it magic, fall in love, wrap it up, you know, and do it somewhere spectacular, capture all that energy, that essence, capture everything that's happening and, um, you know, make a true record of time. Yeah. You said you're always aware of the moon at the time we're speaking um, from what I've been reading. I think we're about to head into some serious full moon um, gnarliness for lack of a better term. Do you tend to, you know, uh Indian culture for thousands of years have looked at the planets and the moons you know in astrology to to plan their work I'm wondering if you actually plan your work around moon cycles I don't intentionally follow anything um written down I'm very much an intuitive feeler and I just know where I have to be and what I have to do and I trust that I I'm I'm curious and I can see things in cycles but you know, you just have to feel it. You just, you kind of know um, where you're at in cycles. And, and I think I like that a lot more than trying to research what is really just an, an endless hole of questions for me, you know, that wide universe. I don't think any one Google search could do it for me. So I have to do that in ceremony and practice rather than adopt a culture that doesn't belong to me or, or an understanding that, that I can't, you know, sort of take from um, the moon is just a special, special connection that I've always had as a child. I just really always just felt quite, quite a magical presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course there is an established relationship, I guess, well, established for some creative people between the natural world and creative practice. The idea that one would go out for a walk, try to solve a creative problem or get an idea. So uh, even though these elements have come through on this album, but do you have that sort of relationship with nature where it will it will prompt you like you might go for a walk if you need inspiration or if you're solving a problem um yes and no like I I can't um I can't say that I go into the bush to write a song or like to um, solve a problem for sure like walking and and you know time in nature um for sure I go into nature to hear what she has to say to me rather than what I've got on my mind mm-hmm and on the album, there's um, the elements are there very strongly, but also you are there so strongly as a narrator, and it's a very it is it does feel really personal in that way. So I'm wondering when you're choosing what to write about, um, are you a ruthless editor of your own experiences? Oh yes, I ruthless, great word. You are exceptional. You've you've nailed it. Um, yeah, I will write and and cast aside as quick as they land and and I you know I really have no attachment to um yeah to the stacks of songs and arts and up to discover the medicine really inside the elements like or you know I'm working with the next element air um and I'm intentionally going into this sort of space and um yeah, ruthless indeed. Ruthless because I love it. There's never, I never feel cutthroat or like I'm killing any of my songs off. I'm just like, look at you, you glorious thing. No, I didn't expect anything from you when you came out of me. You're perfect the way you are. You're not going to be on this record over here, but I love you. Peace out. You know, like, and it just makes it easier. <laughs> well, that, well that, that's a great way to look at it. You, you're letting it go ruthlessly with love. Yeah, because like, you're just kind of like, it's like, you know, it's, 
yeah, creative living is so joyful that it doesn't feel worthless to me. It feels it feels worthwhile to create for the sake of creating. I just don't put expectations on on any of my wee ones. Like you know, I'm like you just be whatever you want to be. Like, <laughs> but I think I, I think part of why I was wondering about that process is that the songs are very tightly crafted. By and I, I don't mean short by that. I just mean that like there's a real sense of each word being completely intentional in each song. Not in a, um, a heavy-handed way, because sometimes that can sound like it's overworked. It's more like it's just in the right place at the right time. Mm, thank you. Um, well, that's what all the practice does. All that songwriting practice is really about those golden moments of every word matters and every placement. And did you tell the story specifically? Is there a word in there that doesn't need to be in there? Can you say that in a way that just gets to it? And then that's what that, like ruthless to use your word, that's where I'm ruthless there because I'm culling and I'm editing and I'm doing that, but I need to write lots of songs around the one song to get that one song to make the truest, most perfect sense. Yeah. So does that mean you have a background in, say, writing short stories or you know, when you're at school, did you love writing compositions? Totally. But I didn't do any songwriting and I wasn't any good, to be honest. Like, well, I say that that's probably not really fair. Like I, there's always one kid better than you at school and there was only 200 at my school. So it was, you know, it was tough. <laughs> no, I, um, I love writing. I love poetry. I love chatting. I loved yeah expressing my feelings and words um yeah that's that's always been the case I've, I've kept a full-time journal since age 11 so I've just had this library of thoughts from all my years <laughs> yeah and I did notice in the video for until you which is um which by the time this is published will have come out there there is a copy of the artist's way by Julia Cameron on a shelf and that practice of journaling, if it's anyone who's read The Artist's Way knows about morning pages, which is not so much journaling as dumping it out of the brain to clear things out. But I guess that's part of the process you've described with your songs as well. It's like writing songs that may not make it anywhere, but you're clearing the way for the ones that do. Yeah, you're totally right. And it probably stems a little bit from that um, practice in my early artistry was reading The Artist's Way and, and going, all right, oh, great, cool. That's a great way to churn out. Um, and also, yeah, that practice of just not being attached to every song you create, like not putting any expectations on it. So those two things um, can do remarkable, remarkable work for your songs, um, you know, because uh, Pat Patterson says like it's like compost for the roses. So you're just creating all of this organic mulch for the roses. Um, and when you put it like that, you're like, oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we've talked about the words. When did your musical life start? So when did you, you have this incredible vibrato voice. It's very distinctive. Um, and I imagine it, it's not something that you necessarily had straight away. So when did you start singing and how did you start to develop that voice? Mm, cool. I, um, I really loved singing, always loved music. My mom sings. I'm really lucky. She plays guitar. My dad sings badly, but he loves lyrics. He is such a storyteller. He's obsessed with the lyrics and stories and songs. Um, so I came out into that world. And, um, you know, the, <laughs> the, the finding of my voice took a lot of time. Yeah, I imitated artists. I tried to find a voice that was more feminine or like, you know, I'm also six foot three. I'm a very interesting 
vessel of a human so as a young girl with this kind of voice and this giant body and you know you you're trying to squeeze it into places it doesn't necessarily belong and I did that with my voice as well it took me a long time to find that true sense but I think once I moved over here to Australia I saw a great um I guess community of voices I heard a great community of voices and different styles and sounds that were out of that sort of mainstream pop world that I'd been subjected to my whole sort of life and then and it was like oh that's when I started to just sing and just be okay yeah so it was moving here and going wow that's that's a load off (laughs) I I, well it's almost like I'm allowed to sing the way I naturally sing yeah well, I, um, um, you know, um, Melbourne audiences just heard, you know, they were so generous. Like, uh, obviously, you know, it takes years to build your craft and do that kind of stuff. But I never felt like I wasn't, yeah, I, yeah, that I was doing anything wrong. That It was always lovely what people had to say about my voice. And then it just became more unusual and, and you know, and, and life comes along and changes the way you deliver your voice and you can hear you can hear life um Mm. which is not something I shy away from either you know I let that really be quite raw and vulnerable in my voice I let my life speak in that in that timbre I think that's so clear on the album um in your voice but also in the in the way you've written your songs and it's 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 sounds very much like you've opened your heart uh in each song and that comes I imagine from a a willingness um, and a desire to connect with an audience that 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 might be your primary motivation as an artist um I can't I can't say that that's how like how I intentionally I love connecting with an audience but I know I can do that without a song does that sound weird like I'm I'm a storyteller at heart so I don't need my songs to be your best friend and I think that doesn't work in my favor because I just kind of created crap and did like whatever I wanted but I'm trying to figure I'm trying to I'm trying to write it for myself like I'm trying to write I'm trying to make sense of this crazy thing we call life. I'm really just keeping my head down and going, how do I make sense of this? And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, oh, everyone feels the same. Oh, that's, that's a relief. Like, all right, well, I'll just write what I'm, what I'm, you know, what what makes me happy and the rest will figure it out. Um, But connection just happens when you're genuine and connection just happens. Yeah. For me anyway, that's for an audience. I, I could get up there and play with puppets and have a good time. Like, you know. <laughs> but music is different. Music is for me, it's tonic, it's medicine, it's very sacred. It's not something I do to try and manipulate you or make you feel anything on purpose. It's totally about me going, this is the authentic story that I'm telling, that the song deserves my absolute truth. And I love what you said about how you don't need your songs to be our best friends, because it also suggests that, you know, you're at a point um, creatively where, where you're not worried about what other people are thinking or saying. It's just like, as you said, this is for you and other people's reactions are nothing to do with you. Totally. And that goes with all of life, you know, and when you've lived on the fringe of life and being, you know, and being reacted to by let's say mainstream society, you realize very young on like, I don't fit. And so that just hurts trying to fit in. And lucky for me, I got to realise that early. So I had a lot more practice at being fabulously myself. <laughs> well, like a, what, a, what a wonderful idea. I think we should all put some more practice into that. And uh, someone who I think is fabulously herself is Freya Josephine Hollick. There's my segue. Because you are playing a Christmas Eve show with her. Um, yes. In Melbourne. Um, I wish I lived in Melbourne so I could go to it. That should be a lot of fun. 
That is so cool. I've got a record right here. This is not planned, by the way, but I love Freya. She's my twin. I'm so excited. We're gonna we're gonna put on the, the most sizzling Christmas show that ever did Christmas. So excited. Uh, will there be tinsel? Will there be you know candy canes? Uh, well, no. We are a we are a um, sustainable celebration crew. So I would say that the tinsel shines in our hearts, my friend. And whatever sparkle you get is going to get from the music in our souls. And that is the way to the that is the key to the future. No recycling needed. <laughs> well, I thoroughly recommend anyone who is in the vicinity of Melbourne to do that on Christmas Eve because it would be a wonderful thing to do. And then you will be in Auckland in January. Yes. Oh, you know, you should, you should help me out. This is great. You let me all know. <laughs> I am, um, I'm heading home. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm going to play Auckland Folk Festival and then I'm going on tour with my buddy, Matt Jogal. We're going across oh. Aotearoa um, for most of the first half of the year, actually. So that's going to be cool. So I imagine those dates will be on your website um, uh, once they are ready because I didn't see them when I checked. Uh, but that sounds like a great pairing because I think Matt is also from New Zealand, from what I understand. He is. Yeah, he is. So, so is so, the camper van going with you? Uh, with, um, well, actually, for February we won't because we've got to fly a few places. But in May, I think my dad, my dad's a champion. He's a small town hero and he's also, a, you know, he can get hold of get hold of cars if I need to um so I reckon I reckon we might find ourselves a trusty a trusty steel steed and total around the country I'm very excited about it um yeah very excited I'm very lucky yeah <laughs> well I think New Zealand audiences should also count themselves lucky and uh in terms of new music I mean water is is not that old but are you are you working towards a new album <laughs> I have lots and lots and lots of beautiful songs ready for my next record, but um, actually my new music that will be released will actually be with Matt Gal. We've got a couple of songs that we've created together and that's sort of part of our homecoming um, for us next year. So we're really excited to do that. Um, I'm really excited to have another project that kind of allows water to just sit on the shelf for a bit and, and take a deep breath. Um, and yeah, the next record is, it's, you know, it's cooked, but I never stop writing. So you never know what, what might make it. Um, but I'm doing that as well. So <laughs> yeah, it's on the way. Um, and I have been remiss in not mentioning that I, I mentioned the video for until you, but it is the latest single. And I did say at the top that we talk about it. So I should actually ask you, what is the song about? It's a love song. It's a song for smooching. <laughs> that's great succinct love it <laughs> yeah, yeah. well Karen it's um it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you the album is phenomenal so I hope people do listen to it and see you Christmas Eve if they're in Melbourne in New Zealand Aotearoa New Zealand if they are around next year and I look forward to whatever you're about to release next oh you are fabulous thank you so much <laughs> thank you Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.